Welcome to Day Zero Update for February 18th, 2024. I'm your host, Chris Logie. I'm Brandon Parkins. And I'm Daniel Victoria. And yeah, we've got a big week this week. Not much in terms of news, but in uh, yeah. uh, the bigness of the news, the, the mm. size, as we've had the, the Xbox business updates that yep. is the textbook example of it should have been an email. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, very light on details, but they made a big show of that. Um, we got news of a, a death in the game development community. Of a notable figure. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, we got the Dice Awards happened. Uh, some interesting yep. results out of that. Uh, as well as some other stuff coming out uh, later this year. And some things that are happening sooner. So mm-hmm. uh, before we do that, we'll talk about what we've been playing. Uh, and I'll kick it off here. I've been playing a few newish things. Uh, there's Ultros. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an indie game. Came out on uh, PlayStation and PC this past week that has been very good so far it's a mm-hmm. a metroid like but with a really neat style to it um mm-hmm. kind of a very striking style that is um very unique and almost a little bit overwhelming in the way that it looks um uh though it does have options to turn down a lot of the extra graphical effects if you want it mm. Um, they do give you a nice little screenshot to kind of show what that does. So you get a little chance to mess around with that. It has plenty of accessibility options for toning the, the damage and all that, that you're giving and receiving, uh, that kind of stuff that can make it a little bit easier, more difficult, Yeah, depending on how you want that. Um, but it has some interesting mechanics to it. So. Um, from the start, you kind of have a decent amount of abilities. You have a yeah, uh, a dash roll kind of thing uh, to get around enemies. You have uh, a run that just you move left or right, you know, for enough time and you start running. Um, you have like a, a ledge grab, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a decent bit out of the gate to work with. And uh, the where I'm at, I'm uh, about an hour in, so not too much um i haven't gotten anything just yet mm-hmm. for that but uh, uh the neat thing is as you kill enemies the they drop like some form of food mm-hmm. depending on how well you kill them without just like uh being very sloppy with it you get better drops out of that mm. uh, and you can eat those to regain health but they also fill up these four meters that are used in the skill tree yeah that uh as you uh, look at your skill tree you'll see uh, for different ones that they'll say like oh i need this bar to be up this high and you know this one to be mm-hmm. this high and so uh, when you uh, are in your save pod you can just specifically eat to fill that up yeah uh, and then you use that to purchase those ability upgrades for that um, some pretty basic stuff early on like adding additional combo to the attack yeah stuff or adding the the gardens that they have in there to the map uh things like that uh but then it starts getting a little more complicated as you get further out uh from the the very starting parts of that skill tree uh so yeah it's it's a very neat game uh, it has some i believe the the main hook is that you're kind of in a time loop uh though i have not engaged the uh first loop yet so still working on it but managed to get started on that game so i'm looking forward to playing some more of that um, let's see. I also played some Suicide Squad. I got that in from Gamefly. Uh, 
had a bit of a rough start as I played through the the beginning mission where they just basically introduce each of the characters and run you through how they control and all that. Um, get through the get to through their all four parts and as you take down a bunch of enemies, uh, that kind of stuff. And it plays a cutscene from you know hours earlier or whatever um, where you are uh, seeing the the four characters: uh, Deadshot, King Shark. Captain Boomerang and uh, Harley Quinn, yeah, uh, who have been sort of brought out of their prison mm-hmm. uh, area to another area where uh, Amanda Waller is basically giving them some mysterious thing that uh, they're supposed to stick each other with it, yeah, uh, which is how they get the bombs inside their their necks because mm-hmm. uh, they end up getting tricked into doing that themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then I had the game crash right there during that cutscene. I was just like, "All right, I'm done with this for the day." Mm. Uh, but came back to it and kind of going through the intro stuff, basically to the point where uh, your home base is in the the Hall of Justice, the the Justice League's headquarters, uh, at least on in uh, Metropolis. Yeah, and uh, going up through that uh, Brainiac as you come out of the the initial stuff that the uh, the Suicide Squad is doing. They kind of get outside and then see that the Brainiac has kind of taken over things and has started infesting the uh, uh, the, the Justice League. Mm. And you run into Green Lantern first. Uh, but Flash shows up uh, to help you out and try to stop whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. And Things uh, keep rolling along, and Flash ends up getting taken, beaten up mm-hmm. pretty good, and taken. Uh, you run into Batman, who's been taken over by Brainiac's stuff, and that's a whole fun thing. Uh, yeah. As it's basically like a Batman museum, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that once you get through the that stuff, and he takes the Flash and gets away, uh, turns into like a museum of what happened in the 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 three Arkham games, uh, the ones that Remedy did. So you're gonna get a little brief uh, reintroduction to that stuff if you haven't played them uh, in a while, or an introduction if you have. So you get that kind of stuff, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty neat for that stuff. But um, once you get back out, uh, you're basically getting back to the the Justice League headquarters and setting up base there. So, you know, that's a, a fun uh, little time. But yeah, the combat is pretty decent from what I've seen so far. Um, it's a little bit different with each of the characters, but uh, I've been playing as Deadshot. They have you pick a character early on to mm-hmm. main. And he's doing all right so far. He's, you know, just very shooter focused. Um, and it has like a mechanic where you have shields and to get more shields, you shoot characters in the legs and that makes them glow blue and then you hold down the right trigger and he finishes them off and you get uh shield points, I guess mm. to maximize your, or refill your shields or keep them filled up, whatever. Um, they also drop ammo as well, that kind of stuff. So kind of got reasons to take out enemies. Um, I got to the point where they start showing shielded enemies, which you have to melee, which you also use the right trigger for that. And it's a little bit complicated. Everything they've got in here, just keeping, track of that stuff uh because they have 
specific abilities for taking down like choppers and mm. uh, other kind of vehicle stuff. And they luckily they do throw up the controls from time to time. So mm-hmm. uh, it's not too complicated, but it is just kind of a lot of messing around with the different shoulder buttons to do different things based on what character you have and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have different movement styles uh, as evidenced in the early parts where they get into the justice league uh, hall and they find a display of various knickknacks from villains and uh, Captain Boomerang takes a Speed Force glove that gives him some quick dash ability kind of thing. Uh, Deadshot gets a jetpack. Harley Quinn steals some Batman uh, grappling hook thing that mm-hmm. uses a drone as well. So she kind of gets that. That's a little bit neat, though. For as much as they have that kind of stuff, there's also a lot of cooldowns on it that are, yeah. doesn't last as long as you might expect. Um, and then King Shark just because of his natural abilities is able to do some big jumps and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so far it's been fine. Uh the story stuff they're doing is pretty well done. The cutscenes and all that, uh the characterizations all seem pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh you get the the right amount of uh jerk tendencies from the different characters. Uh, as King Shark kind of has a a very kind of Dave Batista kind of uh, presentation to himself as he seems like he's an idiot, but he's not. Yeah, uh, that kind of thing. But uh, Captain Boomerang's just an asshole who will sacrifice the others for his own gain. So there you go. That's about as much as I've done a couple hours there. So uh, let's see. The other new game I played that just went into early access: Deep Rock Galactic Survivor, mm-hmm. uh, Vampire Survivor's clone in the Deep Rock Galactic universe. Yeah, as you play. Uh, you start with one of the one of the dwarfs, um, mm-hmm. and as you keep playing, you unlock more. Um, I've unlocked the second one, uh, but I've not finished a run yet. I've usually died, um, but it's uh, it's one of those types where they have meta progression, so you're earning currency that you can spend on um, upgrading stats slowly, mm-hmm. so your health regeneration and all that kind of stuff. So you're kind of buffing yourself as you go. Uh, but also you're kind of going through these areas and doing a bit of mining, though the mining is more of you running into a wall and then your guy starts just um, using like a pickaxe to pick away at it and break it down. So you're kind of able to move through some of the uh, the level through that way to kind of, uh, as you have enemies sort of swarming around, uh, yeah. they can you can create sort of... Uh, choke points and that uh, kind of thing. So that's a neat little piece of uh, strategy there. So let um, me put about an hour and a half in that so far. So that's been pretty good. Looking forward to put some more time into it. It's definitely the highest budget of one of these that I've seen so far. Yeah. As it has kind of a, a pretty good 3D um, style to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that looks pretty good. So, and it definitely takes down my Steam Deck's battery a pretty good amount, depending on how long the, the session is. So that's definitely one of those kind of games. So yeah. that's uh, that. And then I played a, a bunch of Steam Next Fest demos that um, I've done videos for. Uh, there's a specific drive that's out this week coming up for PlayStation and PC. Uh, this is a roguelite uh, where you are 
considered a breacher mm. in this part of the Pacific Northwest where some alien stuff has happened and they've you know effectively sealed it off, but you've managed to get in there and are sort of taking control of this car that is uh itself seemingly infested by some alien force uh mm-hmm. that you are uh taking control of that uh as you reach different points you can get out collect materials and like craft um upgraded you know panels and doors and all that kind of stuff for it as you go and you can run into you know workshops that you can make uh more elaborate stuff for it so you're kind of building out your your vehicle as sort of a uh, a makeshift uh crafting station and all that transport yeah. uh, and you kind of have a more uh hands-on way of controlling it as you have to like look at the uh you know where your keys are at to turn it on uh, and look at the uh the stick to put it in park and drive and that kind of stuff yeah. uh, as well as doing that for the um for the wipers when it rains that kind of stuff so they have some of yeah. that stuff mapped to the uh, the d-pad or whatever so um but yeah you're spending a lot of time at least i've played the first hour in the demo which is a lot of tutorial stuff as you kind of get to these different places and it shows you how to do certain things so uh, you're definitely doing a lot of scavenging in this as you're going along um i've run into some alien force thing uh though the weird thing is it's it seemed to be very magnetic so like managed to grab my car and drag it off to another place uh, where there was like ground that was moving up. So I'm guessing trying to flip the car or something like that. Uh, but I managed to park the car somewhere else and was looking around. I was like, I'll see what, what else these enemies do. And I had a crowbar in my hands and apparently just stole that. Mm. And I was super annoyed um, uh, by that. But yeah, I haven't run into anything too sinister there, but it seems like it's going to get spooky at points. So, I'm curious to see some more of that, so I'll probably pick that up this week. Um, so yeah, there's Pacific Drive, uh, there's Flock, which is the the new game from the the studio and some of the devs that made like Hohokum and uh, a number of other games like that. Uh, Richard Hogg, Ricky Haglitz, I think uh, a couple others you might know their art style in some of these games. That is very distinct. Uh, what else? I think Loot Rascals and some stuff like that. Um, this one's more of a chill game from what I've seen so far. Yeah. As you are um, riding this bird, you get to do some character creator stuff to customize a little bit of uh, your look and some of your outfit stuff. And I think you can unlock more as you go. Uh, but you're kind of exploring and you find this island where uh, two of your, I don't know about teachers or whatever, but they're kind of showing you how to identify some of these weird looking creatures and uh as you go you're trying to identify them against their their like almanac of uh these different creatures and ears and the descriptions they have for the different ones to be like uh looking at the the one you're looking at and trying to see like well, this one says it has you know hair and then makes this kind of noise mm. and this one has this and this and you're trying to compare and be like well, i think this creature is this and they'll, you know, confirm or deny it depending on whether it's right or not. So, uh, but yeah, as I was uh, finishing up the demo, they kind of open up the area a bit more. So there's uh, what they call like a cloud. I forget what it's called. It's like just big ass cloud just 
uh, comes down and covers the the area in mist and all that. So you're gonna have to wait for that stuff to subside to give you more areas to explore and identify creatures and all that. Uh, and they had a whole thing where uh, one of the teachers has a box of whistles that can attract different creatures, and of course they get stolen by these asshole birds that uh, occasionally try to steal stuff. Mm-hmm. And conveniently, it's the the important thing that they get. So that seems like it's going to be a neat uh, kind of game. I think it's out later this year. I don't think it has a date yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Biomorph. Uh, this is uh, a Metroid-like from a team that made uh, The Legend of Eternal, uh, which was a neat little uh, action platformer game. Um, but this one's uh, Metroid-like, where they've likened it to a mix of like Hollow Knight, Metroid, Kirby and an Animal Crossing um, as your uh, character who, as you defeat enemies, you can take on their forms to use their abilities to, you know, take down obstacles, that kind of stuff. Uh, that is pretty cool. And I think once you use their uh, forms enough, you unlock them to swap between permanently. I think that's the way it was applying it. Um, the Animal Crossing thing, I think, is that you're going to have sort of a base of operations that you're bring people into and you're kind of able to place things and you know create like a little living space for yourself and with all sorts of things going on so that's that and uh the hollow knight thing i think there's some stylistic stuff that's a lot like that game as well as uh, a lot of the the souls in elements that that game has so there's that and then metroid's pretty obvious you get abilities and such that lets you get around obstacles and that kind of stuff so that game seems pretty neat. I believe that's out March 4th uh, on all the platforms. I believe it's Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. So that seems like it could be pretty neat. Uh, there's Tales of Kinzera Zhao. Uh, this is an EA Originals title from a studio that is led by um, an actor that's been in a bunch of stuff, but he also did the voice of Bayek in Assassin's Creed Origins. Uh, and he... Uh, this is a, a Metroid like that is taking place in a sort of a, a generalized African nation where uh, you're playing as the the son of a shaman that has passed his father that he wants to uh, bring back from the dead uh, and sort of tries to make a deal with this uh, god of death that tells him that he's going to have to go on a you know a journey to earn the right for this. Mm-hmm. kind of thing and i'm i'm assuming i know where that's going to go ultimately but um the combat and all that's very uh metroid like as you would expect especially out of like a prince of persia that came out earlier earlier this year it's kind of some of the things that that has to it but you're uh, able to swap between two different forms um a blue and a red one so you kind of have almost a little bit of uh i forget what that Mark game was that had a lot of that kind of stuff to it um but you're able to do that and you have different uh perks to each side for attacks that kind of stuff so you're kind of trying to make sure you understand you know when the best time to swap between them is um has some nice story stuff to it it's based on uh uh yeah that uh the the main devs uh history with his dad who passed away from i think cancer uh several years ago and has been dealing with the grief and all that that comes with that is uh, sort of a sudden death kind of thing and he's 
you know, got a lot of that in the story here. So it seems pretty neat from that perspective. And yeah, uh, it's definitely a game I'm not going to play on PC, at least from this demo, because it took a lot of work to try to get to run decently. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is one that's going to be on everything, PlayStation, Switch, Xbox, mm-hmm. and PC. Uh, so that one seems neat. I think it's April 26th or 28th. Uh, so that looks really neat. And uh, Pepper Grinder's last one. This is a Devolver Digital game mm. uh, made by, I think, a studio of like maybe one or two guys. Uh, I think the developers are Eck, A-H-R space E-C-H. Uh, you can find him. Uh, this, this is a game that he's been sharing videos and such for a while and got picked up by Devolver. So uh you are a character who uh lands in this place and uh pirates take all your stuff because uh, they're jerks you know and uh the thing you do find is this like grinder thing it's almost like a drill that lets you essentially uh swim through the dirt like a dolphin swimming as they describe it and uh yeah you're kind of going through these areas swimming through uh the dirt collecting gems and uh, you're able to do some things to kind of launch out of the dirt uh, with some extra force to get longer jumps, that kind of stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, it's it's a game where you're going to spend a lot of time getting through each level, trying to get all the gems, but then it also has time trial modes, so you can see there's going to be a big speedrun community for this game. I'm trying to get through it as fast as possible, so uh, that looks really neat. Um, I played a few levels, and then get to a point where you can spend uh, some of the currency, I think, on some bonus stuff. So, uh, but yeah, that'll be out later this year. They don't have a date on that yet, but from what the demo shows, it looks like it's probably not going to be too far off, maybe sometime this summer. So, But, uh, yeah, that's been pretty much all I've been playing. So, Brandon, what about you? Uh, Well, as for me, I'm still playing uh, Persona 3 Reload, and... I think I'm getting fairly far into it. I'm probably around the halfway point. Um, we already did summer vacation and all that stuff, and we're already getting fairly deep now into the um, in in. I say fairly deep, more like we're getting fairly far up uh, Tartarus, which is you know the tower, and you know we already passed the hundred the hundred floor mark we're about like 110 something like that and i've hit another block uh last night we finished another one of the big shadows um so it does feel like the other parts of the story are coming together everything um but you know knowing persona games i don't i i think i'm at the halfway point but i've only got like persona 3 you know 4 and 5 to go off of so it's totally possible we might end up going you know, all the way in the next year, which usually that is. I mean, don't these games usually end like around, you know, February or something like that? But, but uh, yeah, um, and yeah, I mean that the game is still a very enjoyable. It's still a lot of fun. It's, uh, you know, I it 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 is really interesting how they really have more or less just rebuilt this entire game from the ground up. Um. But it's also, there are some things that I'm realizing I'm kind of missing about the previous game. For one thing, you know, you don't get to choose, you know, what protagonist you're going to have. It's the male character, period. There's no getting around that, unfortunately. But otherwise, yeah, I'm 
pretty pretty satisfied with my experience so far. Um, and on top of that, I'm also uh, still playing Fear and Hunger Termina. Um, I've gotten a bit further into it. It's definitely a lot more combat focused than the first one, and it's also a bit more of a grind than the first one was. Not by much, but just enough that it's noticeable. And there's also a couple of if the game has like one major flaw, it's that because of the fact that it is much more linear than the first one is, it's a lot easier to basically lock yourself out of a huge chunk of this game if you're not careful. So I'm trying to be as careful as I can, but you know, much as with the first game, no one um, player experience is necessarily going to be the same. But yeah, that's basically what I've been playing. So Dan Reb, what about you? Yeah, um, I am still playing um, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Um, this is easily the longest uh, Yakuza game in the series. I'm about, I want to say, 63 hours in, and I think I'm finally going to fight the final boss. Um, you know, I don't want to delve uh, too far into spoilers, but, like, you know, if, if you look at the cover of the game, like, it, 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 you pretty much know you're, you're going to be using both Kiryu and um, uh, Kasuga. So, like, having that dynamic is pretty cool. Especially since, you know, um, Kiryu throughout most of the Yakuza series isn't really like a happy-go-lucky, friendly guy. And it's just uh, pretty cool seeing how Kasuga's mannerisms pretty much rubbed off on Kiryu. And uh, yeah, like, in the middle of the game, you reach a point where you, you use them separately. You use one of them in Japan and one of them in Hawaii. And yeah, like I've said before, I'm just really enjoying the setting um, for both these parties. You know, I'm, I'm someone that really... Um, has enjoyed my trips to Hawaii. I haven't been to Japan yet, but you know, as as a video game fan and anime fan, it's pretty cool just walking around these areas. Even though, like all of the or most of the areas that you um, explore in uh, Japan in the Yakuza series are, are fake, but um, seeing what w- what you do in Hawaii is uh, pretty cool. And um, you know, uh, using Kuryu is pretty is pretty awesome as well because one of his uh, special moves it changes the um, turn-based battle system into uh, the traditional Yakuza combat, so that's a pretty cool way to inflict damage on your opponents. And I'm just really having a lot of fun with um, the side quests right now. Um, they really, you know, they, they don't really force you to do any side quests. Like, m- most of them are, you know, pretty useless and silly, but they do a good job making it worth it. Um, money is not really easy to come by at, at the beginning of the game, so when it comes to doing things like, oh, buying the best gear. It's not always going to be easy because, you know, if you're used to Yakuza games, you also want to go to all the restaurants and eat all the food because it'll also increase your stats that way. And um, luckily in uh, this game, that's not tied tied to a trophy, but it's uh, pretty cool to see regardless. Um, but yeah, so seeing both of these paths converge and, you know, tying it to the previous Yakuza games as well as... Um, like a dragon Gaiden. It's, it's, it's really cool seeing it all tie up. And um, we're really looking forward to this ending. And, you know, um, I haven't played, like, all of the series, but it's definitely influencing me, influencing me to go back. Um, but, yeah, after this, I plan on jumping into a Persona 3 Reload to uh, enjoy that one. Um, my, my experience with, with, with Persona 3 is, is rather odd. Like, I've played through Fez, but I've never actually completed it. And then I played a lot of Portable. I never um, completed that one either. So when I go through Reload, it's going to be interesting to see because I don't have a lot of the biases that a lot of Persona fans have going into it. And I'm someone that really enjoyed Persona 5 uh, more than Persona 4. So I'm looking forward to seeing how 
five really influenced, um, you know, fixing three, if you will. Um, I'm not sure if, if that's the right word, but um, I'm looking forward to the modern take of it. And yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm going to jump right into Persona. Uh, I, there, there's this, and then there's um, the Final Fantasy VII demo that apparently is uh, not a waste of time, because apparently, like, when you play through it, you'll, you'll be able to skip that in the real game. So yeah, um, I might play that instead, just because, you know, we're, we're so near to the uh, release of FF7 Rebirth. Like, you know, it's like, what, less than two weeks away? And I don't know if that's going to be enough time to get through Persona, Persona 3. But um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we're almost done with this RPG gauntlet, so... I'm looking forward to being done with it. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, let's get to some news. Okay. Uh, it is time for the PlayStation Plus game catalog. Got announced okay. for extra and premium uh, people. And there's a bunch of stuff here of notes. Uh, let's see. For PS5, there is Need for Speed Unbound, uh, which is a very good racing game, arcade racing game uh, in the Forza Horizon vein. If you have not played that one yet, so that one's worth checking out uh, with a, a very unique kind of art style to it. Yeah. Uh, it's like the cars and all that are realistic, but you get extra kind of graffiti style effects for when you're doing dashes and that, uh, or uh, uh, drifts and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's it's a pretty neat uh, kind of game yeah. to it. So you, you got that. Uh, also for PS5, the Outer World Spacer's Choice Edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Outer Worlds was a good game. Uh, yep. Maybe a little bit uh, repetitive in a lot of mm-hmm. ways, uh, and not one that's super deep in any of its uh, mechanics or anything, but a yeah. uh, pretty solid game for all things. And this gets you all the DLC that you can check out as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that looks pretty nice. Mm. Uh, for PS5 and PS4, there's Tales of Arise, uh, a very good uh, one of those Tales games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that kind of put the the series in kind of a new place has yep. it kind of been uh, a mid tier JRPG, and then Tales of Rise seemed to be the one that got much more attention than the others have been in quite mm-hmm. a while. Uh, so yeah, there's that to check out. Uh, returning as Assassin's Creed Valhalla, as mm-hmm. that was on there very early on in the the PS Plus sort of re uh, relaunch, and mm-hmm. kind of went away for a bit, but if you want a game that has a ton of content, there's one of the better ones for you. Yeah. Uh, but much like uh, a lot of the other Assassin's Creed games, it's pretty repetitive. Yeah. So it may not be your thing. Uh, we got some Lego games here. There's Lego Worlds, which is kind of a, a survival game of sorts with uh, uh, Lego stuff going on. So that's one you can check out. Uh, there's yep. also Lego Jurassic World, mm-hmm. uh, which follows the... Uh, let's see. The okay, it follows the first four films because it came up before they did more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get Jurassic Park, The Lost World, and Jurassic Park Three and Jurassic World. Mm. Uh, so you get all that kind of fun stuff there. And then yeah, we got some more stuff here. Some roguelite games, Rogue Book mm. for PS5 and PS4. It's a roguelike de- uh, deck builder. Uh, yeah, from the developers of Feria and Richard Garfield, the creator of Magic: The Gathering. So. Those are some yeah. solid names there. Mm-hmm. Then we got Rogue Lords for PS4. Mm. Uh, it's a dark fantasy roguelike. Uh has very kind of Castlevania vibes to some of its design, but I don't know that it's completely like that, but mm. uh, still seems pretty neat. 
there you go. Okay, we got another Tales game. Tales of Asteria. This is the, the remaster they did for PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was another one that uh, had some decent buzz to it. So that's one you can check out. Uh, and that's it for the uh, the regular games. Uh, for yeah. the ones that are just for PlayStation Premium. Uh, we got some... Uh, we got a PSP game here, Resistance Retribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one of these uh, was a very good Resistance game on the PSP that is yeah. kind of a third-person shooter. Uh, you got some cover-based stuff going on with that as you play as a, a new character mm-hmm. um, trying to take on the Chimera and, uh, forces and all that. So that one's very yeah. cool. Uh, then we got Chip Moto 2, PS1 game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the follow-up to the original, uh, I believe, a bit of a better game than the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's pretty neat and then oh yeah here's more Tales games these ones are just for premium Tales of Symphonia mm-hmm. uh, which I believe is based on that PS3 version which uh, has some issues but uh, you can check that out mm-hmm. uh, and then there's Tales of Vesperia uh, for PS5 and PS4 that uh, mm-hmm. was supposed to be a better port so that one should be pretty good to check out so yeah uh, some good stuff there Especially if you have not checked out any Tales games, uh, I would probably say check out Arise over the others. But uh, you know, a bunch of RPGs this week to this month to check out. So there you yeah. go. Yeah, the, the, the cool part there though is that all of the Tales games is featured, in my opinion, are the best games in the series. So mm-hmm. you know, if you've never gotten involved, uh, this is the best time to do it. And yeah, for me, it's uh, Tales of Symphonia. That's the one that I've played through the most. It was like the only RPG available to me during the GameCube era. So mm-hmm. I played that, you know, to play that to hell. But um, yeah, uh, it's good to see that there because I never planned on um, buying the game again. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Some stuff to check out here when it comes out on Tuesday the 20th. Uh, let's see. Also available now. No Man's Sky has another new big update called the Omega Update. That adds a, a bunch of uh, stuff to it. Uh, they also have a free play mm-hmm. weekend here, which obviously by the time you hear this is going to be over, but uh, you'll be able to, uh, if you already have the game, check out this huge updates. Uh, let's see. I'm going to mm-hmm. find the full thing here. Yeah. Update 4.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Yeah. They added new expedition as well as an overhaul of that whole system. Mm-hmm. Uh, new on-planet missions, claimable pirate freighters, mm-hmm. and more stuff. Uh, so yeah, this is a huge page. Yeah, the yeah they had the new Starborn Runner Starship. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, features a localized vector field, allowing to hover above solid planes. Mm. So yeah, I don't think we've really had any sort of hover ships before. Nah. Uh, so this is a pretty cool thing to see. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the they have community expeditions directly from existing save games, so you don't necessarily have to start a new one, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, for that, so that's cool. It was essentially yeah. like a Diablo season where you started a new character and all that, and uh, if you got through everything, it just popped out another save, uh, which would clutter things up if you're trying to minimize, you know, having extra saves and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, so you can bring along your favorite starships and multi-tools and all that. Uh, for that, for those expeditions, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can board defeated pirate capital ships to confront the captain and claim their vessel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can add that to your fleet uh, for some more cool vehicles. You can 
add to it. And yeah, the the big ones, the Omega Expedition that they've added. Uh, let's see. Yep, more stuff to do. They reworked the Atlas Path again. Uh, make that a bit better. They added a. Yeah, you can play the Omega Expedition to claim a limited edition staff multi tool. Uh, yeah, called the Atlas Scepter. So that's cool looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff here. Feel free to check the links here to see what all is in here. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's more stuff to do. Mm. So yeah, there you go. And then uh, next up here, MLB The Show 24. Coming yeah. out here next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the big new things uh, from last year's game was the Storylands mode where they focused on the Negro Leagues. Yep. And sort of continuing that this time around. Uh, upgrading from uh, mm-hmm. eight players being featured to ten, uh, mm-hmm. though they are going to have just four at launch and kind of adding three more in early April, and the last three will arrive at the end of May, mm-hmm. kind of giving them time to breathe and let people kind of uh, enjoy them a bit more, not feel rushed mm-hmm. to get through them. Uh, so they announced the the first four. Uh, there's Josh Gibson, who's uh, as they call here, the Black Babe Ruth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Big-time hitter. There's Buck Leonard, baseball's greatest fastball hitter. Mm. Uh, Hank Aaron, as he played in the the New Leagues before he uh, went to the majors. Uh, Much like uh, Jackie Robinson, didn't play there for too long, but enough to make an impression. And then, yeah, they're adding their first female player, Tony Mm -hmm. Stone, uh, who also played on the the same team as uh, Hank Aaron. And yeah, she was a big time player. I was watching the stream where they were going through these different characters, talking with yeah. uh, uh, the guy from the the Negro League Museum, mm. and talking about Tony Stone. She was a very fast player, uh, some good hitting uh, skills, and yeah, showed that she belonged with the men, mm-hmm. as the Negro Leagues were not that discriminatory about uh, gender. They just cared about skill. So yeah, that's looking pretty cool. And yeah, they announced their their big special edition is the Negro Leagues edition has some special designs. You get a special Negro League uh, baseball hat. That's pretty cool. Um, oh. They're donating a dollar from each of these editions that are sold to the Negro League Baseball Museum. So yeah, some cool stuff. So yeah, that's uh, something else to look forward to next month. And uh, let's okay. get to some things from the, the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's EA Sports College Football, as it's being called. Mm-hmm. As the return of EA making college football games again, mm-hmm. uh, there's no NCAA branding on this because the NCAA doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah, uh, it is a shell of its former self, and uh, rather than dealing with them, EA has decided like, ah, screw that. We'll do deals directly with the teams and conferences mm-hmm. and all that, and so they've done that. Uh, it'll apparently be out this summer. Uh, officially is. They finally locked that down versus kind of announcing it several years ago and just kind of being like, yeah, it's not going to be ready this year. Um, they are planning on doing a big unveiling in May. So mm. we'll see some more from this uh, soon enough in a few months. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have to look forward to that and see how, how it all works in this new era of college sports with the NIL, the name, image, and likeness mm. rules that allow players to get paid pretty well for yeah uh branding partnerships and all that kind of stuff yeah it's uh it's gonna be 
neat to see. Um, and I'm glad they're actually like getting paid, really. Yeah, yeah, and we we'll, should be able to have actual names in the game mm-hmm. uh, from what I've seen. So yeah, that'll be cool. Uh, yeah, there's that, and the other game coming out later this year that we got some info on Ease X Nordics mm-hmm. uh, is officially coming to the West this fall for PS5, PS4, Switch, and PC. Uh, so we'll have some more of that, and luckily it's going to be on PS5 so that they don't just sell uh, a barely improved version for full price and not have it be cross-buy or anything. Yeah. Though I don't know that they're not going to do that for this one, but at least they'll be out at the same time, so you have a choice. Uh, yeah, it seems like it features two main characters. Yeah. Adol, Kristen, as you would expect, and a Norman pirate, Karja. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, gonna be interesting. It's, uh, I, you know, I, I did not, I didn't get around to playing the last East game. Um, but I, I'm interested in this one. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, the last one was good, Brandon. So like, if you get yeah. a chance to play a monster Knox, definitely give it a chance because it definitely gives, uh, a different sort of view, um, as to like what Adolf Kristen has uh, been over the last few years. But yeah, I'm someone that's enjoyed, uh, the last few iterations, Lacrimosa of Donna and um, Monster Knox both. Um, I enjoyed Lacrimosa of Donna a whole lot more just because I preferred that setting, whereas Monster Knox was really mostly in a castle town and not a whole lot of uh, um, change of scenery there. Like, mm. like it, 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 it was kind of like, um, you know, that game uh, Setsuna, uh, I Am Setsuna. Like, you know, that was a good game, but, like, all the snow was just really depressing. And, um... That was the kind of vibe I got with Monster Knox, but it was it was still good nonetheless. And then you know, um, going into uh, ten Nordics, uh, re- really looking forward to this one. Um, uh, I don't know how much it'll like really uh, change the way it's been as of late, but you know, the the, the second character definitely adds uh, another dimension. Um, and if it's anything like uh, eight, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I just wish these uh, Nihon Falcon games like came here sooner. I mean, like you know, this year we're also getting Trials in the Daybreak, and like Japan has like two more games that they've already released ahead, and I'm like, we're, we're never going to catch up. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that'll be out later this year. We'll get a date at some point Yep. Uh, for that, so we'll keep an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, next up here, the Dice Awards happened. Uh, yep. Pretty cool showcase uh, for people that were disappointed in the the industry presentation that uh, the Game Awards had. Yeah. Uh, this was kind of the show that you really should be paying attention to mm-hmm. as I believe this is voted on by the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences. Mm-hmm. Uh, that includes votes from over 30,000 industry experts, developers, and studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get kind of the, the industry kind of voting for this stuff in the way that some of the more formal uh, awards in the other industries are done. Mm. Uh, so yeah, you got a lot of stuff here. The, and the, one of the coolest parts is they had their, uh, AIAS uh, Hall of Fame mm-hmm. ceremony for Koji Kondo as he was inducted into that and had a big uh, presentation for that. That was pretty cool. Mm. Uh, but yeah, for the winners, uh, Baldur's Gate was the big winner winning Game of the Year mm-hmm. as well as four other awards. Let's see, Outstanding Achievement in Game Design, Game Direction, and Story as well as Best RPG Game. Mm-hmm. Uh, or best RPG of the year uh, for that. 
Uh, Spider-Man 2 was the other big winner, winning, I think, six awards mm. uh, for Outstanding Achievement in Animation. Character for Miles Morales, Original Music Composition, Audio Design, and Outstanding Technical Achievement, along with Action Game of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's all of them that are here. Yeah. Uh, Alan Wake 2 won Outstanding Achievement in Art Direction, which seems like a very deserving win for that. Uh, let's see. For the individuals, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom won Best Adventure Game. Super Mario Brothers Wonder won Best Family Game. Again, not a family game unless you hate your family. Mm. Uh, but there you go. Fighting Game went to Street Fighter Six. Racing Game went to Forza Motorsport. Sports mm. Game went to MLB The Show 23. Uh, strategy Slash Simulation Game went to Dune Spice Wars. Mm. Uh, Online Game of the Year went to Diablo 4, which that's a weird choice, but uh immersive reality technical achievement went to horizon call the mountain immersive reality game of the year went to asgard's wrath 2 uh outstanding achievements for an independent you know independent game went to cocoon mm. and mobile game of the year went to what the car uh so yeah some very good games there mm-hmm. uh for that so yeah fun show i watched uh most of it uh once i figured mm-hmm. out where it was at i think it was hosted on the ign twitch channel uh so that was uh when you can check out hosted by greg miller and i forget who the other person was mm-hmm. um but yeah some decent stuff there so mm-hmm. definitely worth checking out yeah i mean like, if, if you're uh real quick like if you're somebody that's you know complained about you know the, the way the game awards works uh, whether it's because you don't care for all the trailers or you wish the um winners had more of a chance to talk like this is this is the show to watch. Um, yeah. Granted, it doesn't, yep. it doesn't have the glitz and glamour, but you know, there everybody there cares. You know, as we mentioned, who the hosts were. They had um, Greg Miller and I believe Jenny. And like, yeah, it was uh, it, it, it was it was cool to see. I didn't watch all of it. I did see the opening monologue where he pretty much burned. Uh, um, what's that company called again? Chris. Uh, Bracer. Uh, Bracer. Yeah, he pretty much burned him. Bracer, and like mm-hmm. it zoomed in on who people thought was the CEO, but it was just like some random guy. For the, yeah. For the company. And um, yeah, it was, it was cool to see and uh, um, look, looking forward to seeing it grow. But yeah, like again, th- these awards are um, awards, you know, uh, thought of and awarded by actual game developers. So there are some years where it's like, oh, how does, how does this, this thing win? Because like the, the, the biggest outlier a few years ago was um, Untitled Goose Game, and they're like, "How did this win?" But hey, they're they're, they're developers. I'm not I'm not going to question them. So it's cool to see. Yeah, uh, the Baldur's Gate team winning was pretty cool for Game of the Year because uh, the the main guy that was talking uh, definitely took a shot at uh, the Embracer Group mm-hmm. as they had a statement I think earlier that day or within the past couple of days. We're like, "Oh, uh, our main priorities, you know, providing value for shot uh, stockholders." Mm-hmm. It was very much like, uh, yeah, we we only provide value for gamers, not stockholders, because we don't have any. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely taking a shot at them, so that was fun to see. See people able to get uh, give out speeches that they were, you know, wanting to make. Uh, especially uh, like Insomniac sent up different people for each award. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like the. For the winning the best character for Miles Morales, they sent up the you know the voice actor performance mm-hmm. actor for Miles Morales to do that. You know, sent up you know the tech team lead for the tech award, that kind of stuff. That was pretty cool to see. 
Yeah. Uh, others didn't always have, you know, a ton of people to send up there, but uh, that was a cool thing to see. So, mm. yeah, there you go. That was a fun show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, speaking of other industry news, uh, there was uh, some sad news here. The creator Suikoden, as well as one of the, the lead people working on Ayuden Chronicle, 100 Heroes, mm-hmm. uh, Yoshitaka Murayama, yeah. passed away. Um, yeah, passed away on February 6th from uh, complications with an ongoing illness. And then, yeah, there's a whole message from the studio he founded, Rabbit and Bear Studios, that was working on Ayuden Chronicle. Mm. Talking about that, so yeah, very uh, sad time to see. Yeah, um, seems like the team. Luckily, they're pretty much done with this game, so yeah, it's not like they're losing too much in terms of work. But yeah, obviously losing a a big presence of a, a guy that's been sort of the the main head of the uh, Suikoden series for a long time, as well as this uh, you know series that is just starting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and definitely one of the the bigger fi- uh, figures in the the JRPG field. So, mm. yeah, sad time to lose a a great in the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely a sad yeah. story. Um, I don't have a whole lot of experience with the Suikoden series, but I'm definitely looking forward to the Ayuden Chronicle games. So, um, yeah, um, I'm also glad that it was announced on the Ayuden Chronicle. Uh, Twitter, since like they're pretty much the spiritual successor, so happy yeah. to see that. And yeah. also, like the the writing for the game is already finished, and they're just uh, polishing it up. So mm-hmm. uh, I look forward to seeing you know the end of the end credits, uh, pretty much just dedicating it to his memory. You know, rest yeah, peace. yeah. So yeah, there you go. Um, and now to the the rest of the industry news. Uh, the Embracer group has been causing chaos across the industry for the last uh, year or so, announcing a variety of layoffs and cancellations and such. And we found out uh, recently from some of their fiscal report that uh, they have canceled nearly 30 unannounced games in the past six months. Uh, So, and if you want to know sort of the scale of, uh, what they have under their their roof, I believe they have about 150 games in the works uh, right now. So that is still a lot of games, uh, even with 30 being canceled. And yeah, they've uh, laid off just over 8% of people uh, on its workforce, which is around 1,387 jobs. Mm. And yeah, canceling 29 games across its company, which is just an absurd amount of games and people mm-hmm. uh, for one that was just buying up indie studios left and right yep like they had infinite amount of money mm-hmm. and they lose one uh, loan from uh, the Saudi group yep and they start just cutting everything left and right mm-hmm. try to get their fiscal numbers under control it's just so annoying yeah I mean like they've been in the news They've been making the news every time, like they they, they do something, and like we wonder why it was mm. even happening, because like you know, it's weird seeing one company acquire all these companies, and um, 
every company they were acquiring, like, they haven't really been after coming to studios, but like double A, single A, you know, uh, developers. And these are studios that we need, especially since, you know, we don't want to get used to the whole $70 game thing. And yeah, it's like, it's tough to say that, you know, kind of saw this coming, you know, like there, there, there was, there, there's no way that any of their games have been like huge successes and they'd be able to, you know, make money off of them. And like now we're seeing like, uh, the result of of what they're doing here. Like I remember when they were they, they were first making these acquisitions, and I'm like, okay, it doesn't really make any sense. But yeah, I'm glad these yeah. people have jobs, yeah. and now they don't have jobs anymore, and it's it's tough mm-hmm. to see. And you know, just seeing um, the way that they've been reacting to all the news coming, it's like they're they're saying, oh yeah, we gotta focus on the uh, shareholders, but like not the actual stakeholders. And then they're talking about you know obviously the the Saudi deal going south, and obviously you know that that was the um, the beginning of, of of the end of like you know whatever positive story you can make out of this, but it's, um, yeah, it's just it's just tough to see, and it's I don't I don't know how we how we move forward either. Yeah, yeah, it just adds a, a lot more chaos to the the idea of looking at you know the the games that they're putting out and deciding whether to buy anything or not. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they actually let release. So, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get to the last and the biggest story of the week. Yeah. Uh, the Xbox business updates that they that Phil announced was happening this past week. We had no clue what day or whatever form it was going to take. We found out, uh, I think, Monday or Tuesday, that there's going to be a podcast. They're yep. putting out on Thursday. Uh, so that was kind of a... A bit of a wild thing to see that kind of initially be like oh this isn't going to be as much of a thing as uh we were expecting uh from the way all the rumors were sort of swirling in the weeks leading up to it Mm. and yeah this ended up being a uh a very popular podcast i looked at uh, the the video the the views on youtube and is it's almost at six hundred thousand right now yeah biggest video they put out in quite a while mm. um at least a few weeks if not more than that uh probably something from the game awards maybe that the yeah maybe one of the developer directs or something but yeah mm. nothing of this size but yeah kind of uh watching it it's like a 23 minute video it's not mm. too long but it's also for being that long it's very light on details it seems mm. uh Bill Spencer said that they started working on this announcement back in December, uh, but obviously had to put up something much sooner than they would have liked, I guess, mm. as you know they've had to kind of rush to do this to quell a lot of uh, speculation and leaks and all this stuff that's been going on, suggesting pretty much any game that Microsoft has made in the last handful of years was uh, going to be ported, and it seemed like you know, a lot of people were just like, oh, they're done making Xboxes. That's that's it. They're they're going Sega style out of the into third party land and mm-hmm. all that stuff seemed very uh overdone. Like yeah. people are just and part of that problem is uh the Twitter blue people, the way you make money off of that is by uh jumping in on any trending thing and being as dramatic as possible to get reactions even if you're saying complete bullshit yeah uh 
So that adds uh, a lot of chaos to any sort of bit of discussion over there. Mm-hmm. And so that does not help things when what's actually happening here is pretty benign for the most part. Yeah. Uh, the details we did get that there are four games that are coming over to uh, PlayStation and Switch. Uh, though I don't think they even mention specifically PlayStation and Nintendo in here. Mm-hmm. I double check. No, they mentioned players 18 times, but yeah, <laughs> uh, that's uh, the whole thing. They definitely wanted to make sure that they assured people like the games are still coming to Xbox day one, mm. uh, Game Pass day one. Um, seems like they are, uh, from the details they mentioned here, there's these games are going to probably be at least a year old, mm-hmm. uh, either be like niche smaller games or live service stuff. Yeah, uh, primarily, um, specifically said Starfield or Indiana Jones are not going to be uh, making the the trip over to the other platforms mm. at any point, or at least at the time that they're talking about it. So, yeah, but yeah, despite saying four games, they didn't announce which games that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, though people uh, with the you know spreading the leaks and all that. Came to the conclusion it had to be Pentiment, Hi Fi mm. Rush, uh, Sea of Thieves, and Grounded would be the titles. Mm. Uh, seemed to be pretty sure about that. And it's adds to the confusion of like, well, why would not announce these things? Mm. Uh, if if somebody literally after the show came out was like, these are the games that they're looking to bring over. Uh, it's like, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they wanted to announce this uh, originally. Uh, they wanted to announce is like when these games mm-hmm. would be ready to launch, uh, but that seems like that may be further off than the way all the rumors have been speculated. Because mm. uh, I know when the state of play happened a few weeks ago, mm. people were very much like, "Oh, that's where they're going to announce Hi-Fi Rush," kind of thing. Now people are adding that onto the the rumor Nintendo Direct that hasn't happened. Yeah, because uh, the rumor for that went up. It's like, "Oh, that was going to happen on Thursday." And this got announced, and then people were still thinking it's going to happen Thursday alongside this, and like, oh, they're going to announce the games on the Direct, and then have the podcast to add to it, and it's like, no, that none of that happened. Mm. Just the podcast. Um, yeah, one of the uh, big guys in the rumor mill is um, Giant Bomb's uh, Jeff Grubb, and he said yeah. that um, the reason why there wasn't a uh, Direct was because they wanted to get out of the way of Microsoft, so... I don't know if that means when that when the direct happens, we'll see some Microsoft announcements there. But I definitely see it. Um, but yeah, with the state of play already happening, like it's probably just going to be like direct announcements and then a PlayStation email after that. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't think Nintendo really cares. But uh, anyway, because they they don't care about Xbox in any way. They'll take their games, but <laughs> mm-hmm. they're not going to be like, oh, here have Kirby, mm. as the way people think. Um, and yeah, so four games, no specifics on anything. Uh, the only thing they add, had that was specific here is that uh, the first of the Activision Blizzard King games coming to Game Pass is Diablo 4 on March 28th. So you'll be able to check that out in a month. Yeah. Uh, which is like, that seems like a thing they add in there to have something that's an easy win for Xbox people. It's like, yeah. Here's the thing that's happening. You're going to get on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. That's your win. Because hmm. 
there's still people plenty of people being you know console warriors you know doing the the chicken little you know skies falling kind of thing oh yeah Um, but yeah they also mentioned here like game pass will continue to uh yeah to be clear game pass will continue to be only available on xbox platforms uh throwing more cold water on the the general uh rumor that happens of like oh when when are they going to get it on switch mm-hmm. you know and it's like well they need games on there first yeah <laughs> uh, before you can do that uh one or two games is not going to be worth paying you know 15 bucks or 16 bucks a month for it mm-hmm. whatever that is um but also nintendo doesn't want any services that compete against the nintendo switch online yeah and they're minuscule editions of GBA and Game Boy games and NES games every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Especially because we don't, I think we're largely done with those uh, that are announced, at least. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this kind of just throws it in like, yeah, this is happening. We'll tell you details later. Yep. Stop Stop being idiots. Mm. Uh, but when people tell... People on Twitter and whatnot to not be idiots. That's their cue to be even bigger idiots. So, yep. Uh, this this was definitely a, an event that was like this could have just been this post on their site. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go and look if you don't want to watch the video. There's uh, like a category there for the official Xbox podcast. You can pull up the transcript for yeah. the whole thing and read the specific things people said. Mm-hmm. But I believe this is the first time in at least a long time that they have posted a uh, podcast to the front page of the Xbox Wire, mm-hmm. uh, which for those of you who don't know, that's their version of like the PlayStation blog yep. uh, kind of thing, though there's no comments or anything allowed on it, mm. uh, which is probably better because the PlayStation blog comments whenever they post anything about uh, bringing their games to PC or whatever. It's people whining in the comments mm-hmm. about being betrayed and all that. It's like, you'll be fine. Yeah. Literally, nothing's going to affect you at all in this. So, but yeah, this is a whole thing that's going on. And then, yeah, PlayStation had some of their fiscal quarter financial stuff go up and people seeing things like PS5 is in the latter half of its lifespan. It's like nothing that affects anybody. It's, that's largely because a lot of the games they are greenlighting now are going to be coming on the next platform mm-hmm. at this point because those are three, four years out at least. Um, doesn't mean they won't come out on PS5, but that's the how far ahead they are, you know, working on things. Yeah. At this point, and what was the other one? It's like them continuing to do more multi-platform stuff, which is more PC stuff, especially with Helldivers to doing so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's causing the servers to be hell every day because mm. there's too many people that want to play that game. Uh, which is a great a great thing to have. Great problem to have. Uh, I forget what some of the other stuff was, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's a lot of hysterics over things that don't affect the average person. Because mm-hmm. you're still, if you're an Xbox-only gamer or Xbox primary gamer, you're still going to get your... Microsoft games first on Xbox, first yeah. on Game Pass. Uh, other people getting Hi-Fi Rush a year or two later mm-hmm. is not affecting you at all. Yeah, that's the value prov- you get out of a platform. That's mm-hmm. that's probably a poor reason to buy it at the pride at the exclusion of other people. Mm-hmm. That's a weird thing. And then 
yeah, you're getting at least Microsoft and Sony kind of realizing that uh, if we want to keep making money, at least to the the extent that like infinite growth capitalism wants, that's yeah, uh, you're gonna have to expand out of the the safe space you've built for yourself. Yeah, uh, which for Microsoft's Windows Store games are not great. Mm-hmm. That's been a dumpster fire and still continues to be. Yeah. Um, just being somebody has different controllers from the different platforms, mm. Microsoft's games tend to only want to work with the Xbox controller. Yeah. Uh, if you try to use the PlayStation controller, it's just like, what is this? Mm. And so that's oftentimes why I, the only reason I re- leave reviews on some of these games is like one out of five, no dual sense support. Mm-hmm. Bethesda is better because Bethesda makes games for multiple platforms. Yeah. That's the thing that they've done for a long time. And they, you know, they updated Hi-Fi Rush on uh, the PC versions to support DualSense, and mm-hmm. that's what helped kickstart a lot of this off. So, there you go. Mm. What do you guys think, Brandon? Uh, uh oh, it, honestly, I thought it was like it. it <sighs> I sometimes really hate the internet because they really do sort of uh, people really will get themselves up into a frenzy like, Oh, Microsoft's getting out of the, 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 the console game. Cause they're going like Sega. Microsoft has far too much money on hand to do that. You know, Sega yeah. was like on the verge of bankruptcy when they had to scrap the Dreamcast. you know, they are in nowhere near that state that would require yeah. them to, you know, get out of the console game like this. That, that That's just ridiculous. Yeah, they had many self-inflicted wounds that finally bled yeah. them out. Yeah, but um, other than that, it was, uh, I don't really have much more to add, other than the fact that the internet is stupid. Yeah, how would you do it? I mean, if for me, it's 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 less so the internet being stupid and just just them trying to put their tinfoil hat on to figure out what's going on here. You know, obviously, I'm on there. I'm on like your guys' side saying, yeah, Microsoft's not going to get up the console business. They were they're 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 in it and they're in it to win it. That's why they have Game Pass and all these things. And the thing is, they're kind of going the Nintendo route. Like, they're not really competing with PlayStation or Nintendo. What they're doing is they're trying to get their ecosystem on every console. What Microsoft is trying to do is they're they're trying to, you know go the way of mobile or, you know, just have Xbox be everywhere. They want your TV to be an Xbox. They want your computer to yeah. be an Xbox. As long as you have, you're in the game, the Xbox Game Pass um, ecosystem, they have you. Like, you know, I haven't had a reason to cancel my account, even though I hardly ever use it. I, I Even though, you know, I probably should. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the best value in gaming, and it'll, it'll continue to be until, like, they've reached a price where it's unfathomable, unfathomable to pay for it. And right now, the... The reason why I like it so much is because, you know, we have these uh, first-party, first-day releases. Mm -hmm. uh, But at the same time, um, is it frustrating seeing them go to other platforms? Maybe if you're only an Xbox player, but right now, there aren't that many of those. So, you know, you might as well put it on PlayStation. Starfield should be on PlayStation. Um, Well, what bothers me about this event in general is that, you know, um, Microsoft hasn't exactly been the consumer-friendly... you know, entity that they've been over the last three years. In fact, you know, they went back to the corporate stuff with, you know, having all those, um, all those, uh, layoffs from, for Activision and Blizzard, especially like, you know, hearing, hearing stories about toys for Bob being closed when, you know, I'm somebody that thought that, you know, the, the merger would, 
um, allow Toys for Bob to be able to make what they want to make. But no, it ended up it ended up with them getting uh, getting their jobs lost, and that sucks. Yeah. So obviously, this podcast wasn't going to answer questions about that issue. Um, but I do think that you know there was really no point in saying, oh yeah, we're going to have four games go to PlayStation and Nintendo and not tell you what they were because. Other than that, like if you read this entire article, it's, this is stuff that we already knew. You know, Game Pass mm-hmm. stuff is going to be out on day one. Uh, Diablo, like the, the best news here was Diablo Four going to Game Pass because you know that's that, that that's a game that I didn't pay for and I look forward to you know playing that game on Game Pass. But aside from that, it's like it's kind of expected because you know Microsoft owns Activision, so it, it makes yeah. sense for that Blizzard to to, to to come out there first. Um, but yeah, like aside from this, you know, I, I I was just looking forward to you know seeing what their strategy was, other than just having this discussion. Because normally, if you have the podcast type of discussion, you would have less questions than answers. And I don't think we actually left knowing any new useful information that we could use. Yeah, it has kind of been uh, more of an example of some of the poor PR stuff they've had of late. Mm-hmm. Um being very vague about things and letting uh, a lot of people just kind of work themselves up into a frenzy over vague, uh, vague talk of things. And this just uh, adds into that. Yeah. Just like people work into like, well, what, what games fit this mold that we have to fear other people getting and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, mm. and this seems like a very milk toast announcement of things, especially without any details as uh, the people work in the rumor mill, we'll just continue working it. And we'll mm-hmm. maybe find out more and maybe get Bill and them to give us more details. Cause the way that that was all going, I thought that would be something to be happened sooner, like maybe in the next couple of months, but the way that they refuse to say anything makes me think that's like late, late uh, 2024 thing mm-hmm. at the earliest. And I don't know. Uh, Phil wants to clarify that, then go ahead. People would love to hear actual details, but yeah, that was just 23 minutes of kind of like they talked about creators, how good they are for creators, which is like, I don't know, you just laid off 1900 of them, so mm. that's great. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of stuff here just did not come out as like this is a strong place they're in, mm. at least as far as uh. Uh, being a very publicly focused group. Mm-hmm. I'm sure things behind the scenes are going fine. Uh, but yeah, what we're seeing here, especially because they're not having anything released until May, mm. uh, which is going to be a pretty good like six-month stretch of nothing releasing for them. Mm. Uh, this just kind of adds to the the weird questions about what's going on there. Yeah. But yeah, unless you guys have anything else to add. Uh, nope, that's pretty much it. I think the fact that them not having anything coming out till May, you know, just adds to the frustration. And like, it really reminds me of the way Nintendo was with the Wii U, where like the Wii U had a, like had a pretty awesome library, but when it came to things coming out at like you know, like a a good time, like al- almost every time was a was a good time for a Wii U game to come out because they hardly ever got anything. And you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's similar to the Xbox as far as first party stuff, like. Right now, we know that they they have all these amazing um, uh, developer acquisitions, and we just don't know what's you know coming yet. Like, yeah, we we have the Indiana Jones, we have Hellblade, which was first announced when the 
Xbox Series X was announced. You know, mm-hmm. like all, all these other titles uh, coming out in 2025, and it's like, okay, what do what do we have this year? And it, it's 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 the same old story. Um, and you know, like it's 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 frustrating in that regard because you you have Game Pass and you have all these other things, but. You know, PlayStation. In the meantime, you know they're they're not going to release any major major uh, first party titles like this year. But at the same time, like at least they have Helldivers. You know, at least they have um, you know the the Ronin game coming out. Like the uh, those look pretty cool. Like just Xbox just doesn't really give you a reason to come to the platform other than Game Pass. Yeah, mm. and like Game Pass is filled up with uh, a couple of new games here and there, but uh, a lot of the the stuff they're filling up with is things that are you know, a few years old, which is great for people that don't buy games at launch, but, you know, it's not super exciting to be like, oh, now you can play Resident Evil 3. And it's like, yeah, I guess, if you're that huge into it, but also if you're that huge into it, you probably already bought it on sale by this point at a pretty good discount. Uh, Because those games are regularly 20 bucks or less on their sale because it's Capcom. Uh, But yeah, uh, I think that's going to do it for this Microsoft talk. Maybe we'll get some more details <laughs> this week. I don't know. Yeah. That'd be hilarious for them. Uh, make it a big deal about this podcast and then be like, ah, oh, we're not going to give it to you now. We'll do it next week. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for the show this week. We'll be back next week with a, a new slate of news as we round off uh, the end of February here uh, with yeah. one more show. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, the following week after that will be March 3rd, so that'll be uh start of springtime, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what part of the the country you're in. It's yeah. below freezing here, so mm-hmm. it's still not spring in any way, shape, or form. But, uh, yeah, thank you to Brandon Danner for joining this week. Yes, of course. Yeah, we'll be back uh, next week. If you enjoy the show, if you let friends and family know and select strangers. Uh, that are also uh, awaiting spring or some snow or something mm-hmm. to make you think it's actually winter because we're at like a third of the, the snow we usually get by this time of the year. Mm-hmm. And that's just not great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you have a good week ahead and we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.